Support for Spoleto Backstage is made possible in part by Brook Green Gardens, presenting Bruce Monroe, Southern Light, an outdoor immersive exhibit featuring seven large-scale works of art and light. Now open Wednesday through Saturday evenings. Advanced tickets are required and are available at brookgreen.org. Welcome to Spoleto Backstage. It's your ticket not only to a few of Spoleto Festival USA's most memorable performances, but also to some of the behind-the-scenes action and the personalities that have made it all possible. Even in this unprecedented year without a Spoleto Festival, let's be honest, it's a year without a lot of things, there's way more than enough to explore and enjoy from past seasons, plus plenty to catch up on when it comes to some of the festival's longtime stars and chamber music heavyweights. I'm Bradley Fuller, and I'm excited to be co-hosting with one of those chamber music series sensations, the man, the myth, the legend, violinist, MC, and artistic director himself, Jeff Nuttall. Jeff, really great to have you today. What a pleasure. I'm so excited to be here, even though it's totally weird to not be in Charleston for the first time since 1995 for me. So I'm uh, I'm really excited, though, that we have this opportunity, because I think it's as close as you're going to get to that incredible electricity, the live music experience that we, we put on at Dock Street Theater every year. Yeah, I mean, this, this must feel kind of weird for you just to be out of that, that setting that you've been at, like you said, for more than 25 years, and then you've been artistic director of for now more than 10 years. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's only going to get weirder, I think, for everybody as the festival, uh, you know, we get into the middle of it, but it's um, it's it's just such a luxury to have on tape the past 10, 12 years of these concerts. And it's a real testament to South Carolina public radio that we, we have this luxury at our fingertips. Well, it's definitely been a real pleasure on our end, getting to record these, to produce them and to, you know, be there at the dock street theater all this time and, you know, hearing all the insights you've shared and, you know, being part of the action for all these programs you've selected, you know, there are 11 different programs, each Spoleto Festival, performed three times each. So, I mean, all kinds of performances here to pick from over all the years you've been playing. How did you come down to these 11 that we're going to be focusing on, basically for the duration of what would have been Spoleto Festival USA 2020? How did you come to make this pretty tough decision to pick these top 11? Uh, very difficult, as you can imagine. But it was super fun, too, to go back through my memory banks and listen to some things and look at programs. You know, certain programs are obviously thrown out, like visual aspects. Some of these new new pieces that we did were almost purely visual, so that wouldn't work. But I, I just wanted to get a sense of and give people a sense. Some of my most important qualities when I pick a program, um, new and interesting works um, and new pieces things that you wouldn't hear anywhere else, both old and new. And, and then most importantly, of course, incredible playing. And so this program, I think, contains all of the above. And it's a, a great representation of what goes on during the festival at Dock Street Theater. Yeah, well, this first program that is in store for us uh, for this marking of Spoleto Festival is from 2013, the final program of that year, and features, like you said, some, some well-known names, Vivaldi, Max Bruch, who's well known to me, and I think a lot of 
concert goers maybe, even though this particular piece isn't so familiar. And then a name I'm not so familiar with, Andre Messager. Could you walk us through each of these pieces a little bit? Well, I, first of all, Vivaldi, I could just play Vivaldi and listen to Vivaldi all day long for months at a time. He's the, he's so prolific, but so inspired and original, you know, well over 500 concertos. And, and this is one that you will not often hear. He wrote 23 chamber concertos, which is almost oxymoronic, but the idea that there are only, there are four solo instruments, but there's no string band. There's no backup band. It's just the instruments in continuum. So in this case, it's flute, oboe, bassoon, and violin four soloists and continuo cello and harpsichord. Uh, the structure is the same. It's fast, slow, slow, fast that Vivaldi does, but it's so innovative in the instruments intertwine and the colors that he gets and the energy and the interplay between the characters. Uh, it, it's just, it's easy to describe, uh, but it's really hard to do as well as Vivaldi did. So that's the opener. And I never get tired of Vivaldi as an opener. Um, this Brook Octet is another piece I, I mean, very rarely performed. I don't understand why. Brooke in his day was, you know, as famous as Brahms in the late 1890s. And the cool thing about this piece, amongst other things, it was composed and finished in 1920. He lived a very long life, uh, but it's written in a very late German romantic style. And it involves, if you know your Brooke like you do, the violin concerto is the first thing that jumps to mind, and then maybe the Scottish fantasy. He's basically famous for writing violin concertos, and this piece is no exception. Incredible first violin part. And Scott St. John, who was my colleague in the, in the St. Lawrence String Quartet at the time, is one of the world's great violin virtuosi. So you're going to hear violin playing that's really unparalleled in my experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm totally biased, of course, but uh, wait till you hear it. it. I remember this performance like it was yesterday, and it's still stands the hair on the back of my neck uh, hearing Scotty play like this. And then this the whole idea of new and old. So Messager was a, a French and ballet composer for the most part. And, and Todd Palmer loves this music. And he said, hey, I really love this uh, set, this theme and variations. Can I arrange it for basically the kitchen sink, we call it, like whoever's left on the last day of the festival. <laughs> so we go through it and Todd say, oh, we got string quartet and we got flute. We got all these. This is what you got, Todd. And then he proceeds to make this arrangement of a piece that he loves for the forces that we have. So it's a world premiere of this specific arrangement by Todd Palmer uh, of a piece I think most people or many people will recognize when the music starts to play. And I'm really excited to hear from Todd later on this hour about how he kind of came across that piece. But again, starting off the program is Vivaldi, whose concerti you clearly have a higher opinion of than Igor Stravinsky did. Um, could you tell us who all is performing in this group? This is a group of friends, uh, and it's amazing how Spoleto brings people together in this way. Tara Helen O'Connor really introduced me to James Austin Smith, who is playing the oboe. So we have Tara Helen O'Connor playing the flute, James Smith on oboe. Their great friend, Peter Kolke, who taught at the University of South Carolina for a number of years playing the bassoon. And Daniel Phillips, who is married to Tara Helen O'Connor, playing the violin. The continuo section of Christopher Costanza, cello, Pejimut Sievich, harpsichord. Let's welcome them to the Dock Street Theater stage.
Now this next piece is, I don't know, I'm totally biased. I think it's a really magical piece. And I'm guessing that none of you, or very few of you, have ever heard it before. Is that, is that true? Has anybody heard the Brook Octet before? No. Well, I, I think you're in for a treat. It's, Max Bruch is best known uh, probably for writing his first violin concerto in G minor. And most of you would probably recognize that. But Brook had an amazing life. He was born in 1838. So he was hanging out with Brahms and all these romantic composers and Joachim and that, and that bunch. He was a very successful composer and conductor in his day. And he also lived to be 82 years old. So he had this amazing life that spanned until 1920. Now imagine the musical scene in Berlin in 1920 when this piece was written. The last piece he wrote before he died. We'd already had the Rite of Spring, Schoenberg, 
Baird, all these people writing totally crazy, over-the-top, atonal music. Brooke, mm-mm. He's writing romantic. It could have, could have been written in 1840. And it's amazing, con the, the idea of this old guy writing this really beautiful piece that's totally disconnected to what's going on in the world, musically speaking. It's, it's a really interesting moment. But it's beautifully autumnal, back-looking, really melancholy in a, in a special sort of way. There are only three movements, interestingly, uh, much like a violin concerto, and it really, for the most part, is a violin concerto. The incredible Scott St. John will be sitting right there playing the first violin part. So the players on stage will be the St. Lawrence Quartet, except split up. So Scott St. John, Leslie Robertson, myself, Jeff Nadal, Christopher Costanza, Daniel Phillips, violin, Livia Sohn, violin, Senyang Wang, uh, viola, first viola over there, and Tony Manzo. So Allegro Moderato, first movement, really luscious viola solo to, uh, to begin. A beautiful andante slow movement, and this is very funereal, the beginning. You can fate knocking on his door at the opening of this movement. It's really quite terrifying. And then the third movement, Allegro Vivace. He ends in a ball of flames, uh, so to speak. So from 1920, amazingly, the Bruch Octet. Please welcome the band on stage.
Well, we're going to leave you with, um, well, hopefully leave you with a smile on your face. It's the 10-year anniversary of the two pigeons. <laughs> Todd Palmer, who most of you know as a clarinetist, uh, is a remarkable clarinetist in his own right, but he is also a composer and an arranger. And he does a lot of it. He does it really well. And 10 years ago, Charles actually asked, hey, Todd, can you make an arrangement of something that we could all play, you know, that people left on the last concert? And Todd loves the ballet. He loves dance. And he had heard this ballet by André Messager, entitled, appropriately enough, Les Deux Pigeons, The Two Pigeons. And so he made an arrangement of a suite from the ballet for basically who he had left 10 years ago. <laughs> so it was the St. Lawrence Quartet. Uh, Pedro Misiewicz will be playing the piano. He did not premiere the work, but he has added an incredible amount to it in his own right. Um, and then we have the wind battery with Todd, James Austin Smith, and Tara Helen O'Connor, who has this extra bench because she's playing both the flute and the piccolo. And you will not miss the piccolo. It's very much like my wife, Livia, small and powerful. <laughs> I, she's not listening. It's fine, really. <laughs> and Tony Manzo, of course, the, the man at the bottom, support as always. So let's, I think we're all ready. Are you guys ready, Walter? Yeah, good. Please welcome the band to the stage. I get my violin, but I was, we were talking in the lunchroom, and we all, between shows, we all eat lunch up off the Wadsworth Room, appropriately called, and Charles was there, and Todd Palmer who remembered the premiere, and he said, Charles, you gave such a wonderful introduction to the premiere when we did it 10 years ago. Do you remember? And Charles said, what did I say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Todd remembered. It was such a, it was a perfect moment, so I thought, what better way to introduce this? We're just playing the last movement theme and variations in Sagan, a big dance tune. But d d do a Charles impression he, he for us. He has a great line, as he always does, as, as you've just heard. Uh, and he gave a great introduction about the piece. He didn't know the work, so I had to write it all out. But he added at the very end, we, we hope you like the piece well enough that you'll think differently the next time you gaze upon those dirty little birds. <laughs>
Oh, that's great. That was the musical party that ended our 2013 season. A brand new arrangement of the theme and variation Sagan from Les Deux Pigeons, The Two Pigeons by Andre Messager, and a brand new arrangement at the time by Todd Palmer. It's a great way to get everyone left on stage at the Dock Street Theater as a musical thank you to the incredible audiences that had joined us for 11 programs. Todd Palmer was the best man at my wedding, but he's also one of the most talented people I know. And not only as a clarinetist, uh, but as a composer and arranger, like you just heard. And, and Bradley, I think you had a chance to talk to him and ask him a little bit about that process. I did. And, you know, I have to add to the many hats that I'm finding out Todd has worn, in addition to being your best man, clarinetist, composer, arranger. He's a great conversationalist, too. So it was just a real treat hearing from him about how he came across this Messager piece and uh, what really stood out to him about it and how he arranged it. Here he is. Yes. Oh, that was one of my favorite um, discoveries. And the Sagan was the, the last movement of the suite. I mean, it's a full ballet in two acts by André Messager, which contains glorious music of the French Romantic period. He was a pupil of Camille Saint-Saëns. Incredible melodic invention. Um, and so I discovered this piece. Oh, that's, it's a lo really long story, so I was just going to like, uh, just, I, let's just say I discovered the work years ago. And I, I was, I just, I just, I can't, I don't know why. I, what, what made me fancy it so much? Uh, there was a very nice clarinet solo in one of the movements that probably had something to do with it in the slow movement. So, you know, over periods of listening to it, I, I then discovered that the actual score of the ballet was in the Paris Opera Library. And one of my best friends lives in London. So we took a trip to Paris and we actually went to the library and were able to look at the score, and I actually held the conductor's score of the ballet in my hands with that Messager had written himself and had notes in, and, and that is always very special for a musician. And there it was, and they actually photocopied the movements that I was interested in, you know, making the arrangement for the chamber group. And one thing led to another, and as a matter of fact, we, the last time I played that, was upstate New York this uh, last September, uh, 2019. And so it's an arrangement that's been uh, an enduring one for me, and I still like it. And it may not be Swan Lake, but you know what? We're talking about pigeons here. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. That was part of a conversation I had recently with clarinetist Todd Palmer, who's also an arranger and composer. He was filling us in there about his arrangement of André Messager's Zigan from his ballet Les Deux Pigeons or The Two Pigeons, the piece that rounded out today's episode of chamber music, but not just any chamber music, chamber music from Spoleto Festival USA, the past 10 years of the festival's chamber music series. This is one of the top 11 programs selected by the artistic director, Jeff Nuttall, and 10 more programs are coming your way here soon. Again, as chosen by first violinist of the St. Lawrence String Quartet, Jeff Nuttall. It was really great to have him joining me today. What a treat. I, I got to say, it's, just, it's especially interesting for me to, to hear that sort of in-depth in, in depth 
digging into the, the Palmer brain, so to speak. And it's something that we don't really have time to do on stage at Dock Street. So this is a, a special opportunity, I think. And it's uh, it's been really challenging, but a real joy to go back in time and pick um, 11 of my favorite shows from the past 10 or so years. And Jeff, I have to say, it's it's a real pleasure for me to be able to get some of your insights as well, get some of the backstory on these phenomenal programs uh, you know, from from years past. And I'm really excited to share some of those behind the scenes looks, share some more great chamber playing, phenomenal music here. Hope you can join us then. Spoleto Backstage is made possible in part by Bank of America and the ETV Endowment of South Carolina. Special thanks to Spoleto Festival USA. The engineer for this podcast is Duke Marcos. The producer is A.T. Shire. The executive producer is Sherry Hutchinson. And I'm Bradley Fuller. Until next time, take care.